on tonight. We have looked at the life of God, the light of God, and now we're going to look at the love of God. Look at your neighbor and say, love of God. Chapter 2 of John, first epistle of John. Let's look at verse 10. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. Amen. Look at verse 15, chapter 2. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Chapter 3, verse 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Verse 21 of chapter 3. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God, and what so we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things which are pleasing in his sight. Verse 20 says, For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Chapter 4, verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Notice it doesn't say love is God. It says God is love. In this was manifested the love of God towards us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us, and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him, and he in us, because he hath given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God dwelleth in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed. We have known and believed that lo the love that God hath to us. Let me read that again. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. 
because fear hath torments. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. All we can do is love him back. If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that, that he who loveth God love his brother also. Old Testament book of Hosea. Hosea chapter 1, verse 6 through 10. You have that say amen. Hosea 1, 6. And she conceived again and bare a daughter, and God said unto him, Call her name Loruhamah, for I will no more have mercy upon the house of Israel, but I will utterly take them away. But I will have mercy upon the house of Judah, and will save them by the Lord their God, and will not save them by bow, nor by sword, nor by battle, by horses, nor by horsemen. Now when she had weaned Loruhamah, she conceived and bare a son. Then said God, Call his name Loemiah, for ye are not my people, and I will not be your God. Yet the number of the children of Israel shall be, look at that, yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured nor numbered. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, Ye are not my people, there it shall be said unto them, Ye are the sons of the living God. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you right now for your awesome love that's in this house, that's in each one of us, God. We thank you for your spirit. We ask, God, that you speak to us and give us understanding. Father, we, we love you tonight. We worship you tonight. We give you glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Verse, chapter 2, verse 5. But whoso keepeth his word, verse John 2, 5, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. So the love of God is connected with the commandment of God. I want to do something here tonight. Now the first part of this is going to be, I don't know, for, for some of you it will be important. For some of you you'll probably not see it as so important. But I need to explain to you what love is. Okay? And, and please, as soon as everybody gets through in the back, y'all could come back up here and join us. Amen. I want to go through a series of definitions here. When you talk about John's writings here, you're talking about the word love, but what is love? Agape. Agape. Look at your neighbor and say agape. In the Greek language, of course, we have love. And every time we read the word love in the Bible, we, we just think about love. You know, but what is love? We don't understand that in the Hebrew language that there's different words for love. We don't understand that in the Greek language there's different words for love. And we just read the word love. Okay. In John here, the word, the Greek word is agape. Agape. Now... <clears throat> Let me explain to you what agape is. This is out of the Strong's Concordance. How many of y'all know what a concordance is? 
Does everybody know what a concordance is? If you do, lift your hand. A concordance is a book that you can get and it lists all the words of the Bible if it's an exhaustive concordance. And it gives you where in the Bible that particular word is or a phrase or a scripture of that word is. And in that concordance in the back, there's the definition of the word that's there, okay? In the Greek, in the New Testament, it's Greek. It's the Greek dictionary that you would be looking at. And this is in the Strong's Exhaustive Concordance. This is what agape love means. It means love, charity, dear, D-E-A-R, charitable, feast of charity, brotherly love, affection, affection, goodwill, love, benevolence, love feast. Now, this is a word study dictionary. And I'm going to read to you what, when God talks about love, God's love for us and our love for God and for each other, are we, what kind of, are we talking about? <clears throat> On the cover here of this book, even the cover, the focus is love. Throughout the Bible, love is the focus. When you talk about love, you're talking about a big horizon. Especially when you talk about it from the perspective of God's love for us and our love for God. It is large. And I'm going to take about two or three weeks to deal with love. I'm going to explain it to you. Biblical love. Now, in the New Testament, there is the word phileo. Phileo. We read through the New Testament. We read love. But sometimes it's the Greek word phileo, which means a fondness, which is the kind of love that you would have for somebody that you like as a friend, okay? A fondness for your friend. The other word in the New Testament is agape. It's, let me read this definition for you about agape, what that is, all right? Because that's the kind of love we're talking about tonight, agape. To love, love affectionate, or let me say, to love, love, affectionate regard, affectionate regard, goodwill, benevolence. With reference to God's love, it is God's willful direction toward man. It involves God doing what he knows is best for man and not necessarily what man desires. For example, for God so loved the world that he gave, what did he give? Not what man wanted, but what God knew man needed. And that is his son to bring forgiveness to man. So do you understand the kind of love we're talking about? It's not the kind of love that we always get what we want. It's, it's the kind of love that we get what we need from God, okay? And when it talks about a relationship to each other, it has to do with a a, um, an affectionate regard, goodwill, benevolence. All right. Y'all got that in your spirit? Okay. I don't want you to forget that. All right. And then there is another Greek word, and I don't believe it's in the New Testament. You can check this, check me out on this. Another Greek word is eros. It's erotic love. Now, it is in, in, a, in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew, uh, erotic love is listed there. Okay. It's a, a type of love. There's an intimacy. There's a, a, you know, knowing, a relationship, a physical relationship between a man and a wife. Intimacy. Okay. 
So what kind of love are we talking about here when it talks about God loves us and we're to love each other? Is it phileo kind of love? Where I like to be your buddy and I like to be your friend and I'm fond of you? Or is it eros, which means I have an erotic attraction towards you? Is that the kind of love we're talking about? Or is agape the word we're talking about, which is a regard or benevolence or goodwill towards you? Amen. And God's love for us is that he gives us what we need and not what we love. And ultimately his gift was it's the agape, right? Amen. Now, to have agape love, the God kind of love, doesn't mean I even have to like you. Okay? <laughs> I know that sounds contradictory in terms, but when you love somebody with the God kind of love, it's not, it's not having a, a gushy feeling towards them, you know? Do you understand what I'm saying? In fact, the God kind of love we're talking about tonight really doesn't have a lot of feeling in it. It doesn't. Because it's really not about feeling. You know? When we talk about love, now, again, God's Word talks about feeling. And He talks about feelings in a good way. But when I talk about the God kind of love, I'm not talking about feelings. Are you here? Just, you know, God tells me to love you, and God tells you to love me, and, you know, and God loves uh, me, and He loves you. But that doesn't mean just because I love you, that doesn't mean I want to hang out with you. You know, just because I have the God kind of love don't mean I want to, you know, be your bud. <laughs> okay, you see what I'm saying? So when I explain to you what the God kind of love is about, what it, what it means, all right? Are y'all still with me here? Praise God. Now, <laughs> let me go through some words here. This, that's a Greek word that I just read to you. And then when you go to the Old Testament... There are different words in the Old Testament for the love of God. Okay? Now, agape is believed to not even be a Greek word. Now, please don't go to sleep on me right here. You need this, okay? I just told you that the Greek word is agape. Love, in 1 John, that it's agape. But... There's a good possibility that it was never a Greek word. That it was just a transliteration of a Hebrew word. Which means they took the Hebrew word and they, they just, you know, put the Greek letters for the Hebrew letters. And they transliterated it into the Greek. And that there really never was even a Greek word called agape. Because the Greeks only understood phileo, fond love, friendship type of love. And eros, erotic type of love. That's the only kind of love that Greeks understood. They did not understand divine love. So they didn't have a word for divine love. So where did agape come from then? Well, this is the word that they transliterated from a Hebrew word. They, they had to come up with a word because they don't even understand the greater loving the lesser. They can understand two lesser people loving each other, you know, and being fond of each other, and two people getting together and, and having the kind of love that uh, I want you for myself kind of love. Hey, you know what I'm talking about. Eros, they understood that. 
But they could not understand how the greater could love the lesser. And that's exactly what God does. He's the greater who loves the lesser. So the Greeks didn't even have a word for that kind of love. Okay. And I did some heavy research on this. And one Greek scholar says maybe they had it. You know, maybe. But, you know, maybe's maybe. Most likely what they did again, because they didn't have a love to explain divine love. Okay, if it's, watch, phileo fondness, or I like you kind of love. Or eros, I'm, you know, I want you for myself type of love. Okay? But they didn't understand divine love. Are you with me? The love, the greater love for the lesser. So they didn't have that word. Until the Septuagint comes along and these Greek writers translate the Old Testament Hebrew into Greek in the Old Testament. Okay? At that point, because of the biblical influence on the word love, then they came up with this word agape. It is a transliteration of the word Isaiah 63, 9. You can find the word love there, but the Hebrew word is ahaba. Ahaba, which means love, lovesick, or lovingly. It also means, and by the way, that's in uh, New American Standard Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek Dictionary. Uh, this dictionary, the, or the concordance of the Bible, Strong's Concordance, says ahaba, love. You can read this, Isaiah 63, 9. Means love, a human love for a human object of a man toward a man. That'd be fondness, unless you're, you know, kind of the other way. Of a man towards himself between man and woman. Sexual desire. God loves his people. Okay. Is that the kind of love we're talking about ultimately? We'll explain that to you. This ahaba is believed to be the word they translated into agape. Okay. Because they didn't have a word for this kind of love we're talking about. So what I'm trying to show you is that when you talk about this kind of love, it's not this, you know. Do you understand where I'm coming from here? It's not this feeling that we call love. It's not even fondness towards you and you being fond to me. It's not even me being fond to God and God being fond to me. That's not what we're talking about. And we're not talking about Eros type of love. We are talking about a different kind of love here. And I have to define it for you because we in America especially walk around and say, I love pizza. I love my dog. I love my wife. I love my children. I love my friends. I love God. And we use the same word that we love God, you know, the word love, we love God. We use that to love pizza with. Now, in case you don't know it, the kind of, God, the kind of love God has is greater than your love for pizza. <laughs> and the kind of love I have for God is much greater than the love I have for pizza for my dog. So I'm trying to show you here. We walk around and we think that love is some kind of emotional feeling that we get caught up. I, I, I love you, you know. I like you. I'm fond of you. Get that out of your mind. You with me here? Because the kind of love that most people walk in is this, this um, the love that just condones everything. That's not God's kind of love. It's not. has nothing to do with God. Nothing to do with God. 
I love them so I don't tell them the truth because I might offend them. That's not the word. That's not God kind of love. If you love him, you keep his word. And in that is the love of God perfected. Okay? Yeah. So it's not a Greek philosophical kind of love. There's another word. This is in Song of Solomon 1-2 for love. D-O-D. God. I'm not real good at spelling words or pronouncing words. But anyway, God, which means beloved, love. And all mean, also mean uncle. Beloved, beloved, my beloved, lovers, etc. That's another Hebrew word. Okay, so Ahaba. And Dod is the Hebrew word in the Old Testament. Okay, agape and phileo in the New Testament. This word tonight is going to be our focus. It's the <clears throat> kind of love that talk, that's really talking more about in this passage of 1 John than the other ahaba or Dod or, or you know, agape is going to be the closest thing to this word here, hesed. Hesed. Look at your name and say hesed. This is found in the New American Standard Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek Dictionary, uh, number 2617a. Here's what it means. When you talk about the love of God, you're talking about hesed. You're talking about His goodness. So you're reading through the Old Testament. You come across the word, the goodness of God. That's the love of God. It means, hesed means the kindness of God. Are, are you with me? So you're going to read through the Bible. You're going to come across the word, God's kindness. That's talking about His love. It has to do with deeds of devotion when you talk about kindness. Say deeds of devotion. Hesed speaks of devotedness. I'm devout. I'm faithful. So this God kind of love is a devout kind of love. It's a kind love. It's a good love. And, but it's a faithful love. If I'm walking this kind of love, then I am good, kind, devout, faithful. And I'm walking in favor. Because favor in the Old Testament comes from this word hesed. Good. Kindly. Kindness. Kindness says. Loveliness. Loving kindness. Loving kindness. Loving kindness says. Loyal deeds. Loyalty. Mercies, merciful, mercy, righteousness, unchanging love. That's what that word, one, that one word hesed means, but it means love. You with me here now? In the Dictionary of Biblical Languages, this is what it, the way it's described. Number 2876, loyal love. Let your neighbor say loyal love, unfailing kindness, devotion, a love or affection that is steadfast. So we're not talking about a feeling because your feelings are high some days and low other days. So when you talk about the God kind of love, we're not talking about the feelings I have towards you or the feelings you have towards me because sometimes my feelings are not as high as at other times towards you and nor are they toward me. So we're not talking about that. We're talking about a, what I'm trying to get across to you here tonight. 
Okay, let me get back over here. <laughs> Unfailing kindness, devotion, a love or affection that is steadfast based on a prior relationship. Glory. Lovely appearance. Favor. The giving of benefits. Amen. For another. This is in Strong's Exhaustive Concordance. Hesed. Mercy. Kindness. Loving kindness. Goodness. Kindly. Merciful. Favor. Good. Goodliness. Pity. Reproach. Wicked thing. Goodness. Kindness. Faithfulness. A reproach. Shame. That's the God kind of love. Now, I've got all kinds of papers here. I don't have time to read all this to you, but this basically deals with the Word. There's probably about 20 pages right here just out in the Old Testament. And there's no telling how many pages are on the, on the uh, New Testament in the theological Word study. So I'm trying to show you something here <laughs> that we walk around in this world and we talk about love and we're thinking about something totally different. Lo I love you. That means I enjoy you. I love pizza. I enjoy pizza. I love my dog. I enjoy my dog. But we're not talking about that kind of love. Ooh, yeah. Because it's much bigger than that. And the greatest illustration of it, God is love. The greatest illustration of love in the Bible to me, because from Genesis to Revelation, it's a love story. The whole book is a love story. To be walking in love does not mean that you are never angry. That's not the God kind of love. Hello, somebody. When you walk in the love of God, that does not mean that you have no enemies. God says He's got enemies. You with me now? You got to hear this. Because of the background of America, we love everything. It's not what God's talking about, man. So we need to find out what he's talking about, right? Okay, let's go to Hosea then. And let's get an illustration of this love of God. And if you'll pray for me, because when you talk about love, you're talking something about something very, very large that's beyond my capability to even put in words. But if you'll pray for me, we'll go to the prophet Hosea and we will see Hesed. We will see God's kind of love and what that means. When you talk about God's kind of love, you are talking about aligning yourself with God. Alignment with God. Okay? I get the mind of God. I, Revelation 14.1 talks about they have the Father's name in their forehead. Which means you walk around with the head of a lamb. You think like a lamb. You, you talk like a lamb. You act like a lamb. You with me here? Hosea means salvation. Ooh, praise God. Let me just give you the background here, okay? God loves fact God is love he don't have love he is love see you cannot love this way without God in you 
you, the only way that you can love this way that we're going to talk about tonight is if you've got God in you. Because it's not a feeling, it's an action. Now, sometimes you have a feeling. Are you hearing me? But the love the Bible talks about is an action word. It's a covenant word. It brings requirements with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. God in the Old Testament, when you look at the prophet Hosea, let's back up and let's look at the history of the nation of Israel. Okay? If y'all get with me and y'all pray with me a little bit, we'll have an anointing in this house, but I can't do it by myself. Yeah. Okay? God went to Israel in Egypt. He found them in Egypt. And he began to allure them or woo them in a love relationship. When you talk about the God kind of love, you're talking about alignment with God. And you're talking about Hesed married. Married. Say married. Now, when you, at some point you had to say, I will to the husband. You had to say, I will to God. You chose to become his husband. So when I talk about the God kind of love, I'm talking about the, the married kind of love. Okay? Where you choose God and you say, I will to him. I choose to walk out of this world. I choose to enter into a relationship with God. Okay? I choose to align myself with God. Willingly, and I say, I will to God. You understand? So it's an alignment and it's a married thing. It's a married kind of love. Now I can tell you, I'm in love with my wife 24 hours a day. I mean, my feelings are always on the mountaintop when it comes to my love for her. <laughs> but I doubt if she could say the same thing. There's sometimes she can't stand me. <laughs> She's not even fond of me. She don't even like me. But we're still married because we love each other. And the love that we have is not just based on my feeling. If it went good today or bad today, it's based on a covenant relationship. It's a choice. It's an action. It's not based on my fondness or my, how I feel. I choose to keep loving her. She chooses to keep loving me. One day we stood up at an altar and I said, I do. And she said, I do. We chose that. That's the kind of love that I'm talking about here. Not this changing in emotions and feelings. That's the way the world loves. Okay. So, ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost now. God because he loves Israel. He goes over there to Egypt. And he begins to woo them. He begins to allure them to himself. While they are in Egypt. Do you understand what I'm saying? Why? Because he wants to bring them out of the world. And he wants to marry them. So the first thing he's got to do is he's got to woo them. He's got to allure them. And when he brings them out of Egypt, he then goes on a study with them. 
soon as they walk out of Egypt, now it's God and Israel going steady. And then a few days later, after they've come out of Egypt, after he's wooed them and allured them and then went steady with them on the way to Sinai, he gets them to Sinai and there he marries them. So he goes from this place of wooing them and alluring them to dating them or courting them. And then when he gets to Sinai, then he marries them. What does he do when he marries them? He gives them Ten Commandments. And he, he shows them, he said, if you want to walk in love with me and with each other, these are the ways to do it. So you got five commandments that relate to your relationship to God and five commandments that relate to your relationship with each other. So God gives you his word how to walk with him after he marries you. He gives you his commandments. If you want to walk in love with me, this is the commandments to follow. If you want to walk in love with each other, this is the commandments to follow. Uh, to follow. I give you my word. The Ten Commandments are based in the love of God. The Old Testament is all about love. New Testament is all about the love of God for us. So now they know they got the Ten Commandments on the outside. Now they know how to walk in love with God. And they know how to walk in love with each other. But not only that, Deuteronomy 28 tells us that he gives them some wedding presents. He gives them manifold, manifold blessing upon blessing upon blessing in Deuteronomy 28. Hello, somebody. So we've got the Word of God now. We're married to him as a church. And he, are you here? And he gives us bountiful blessings. Read Deuteronomy 28. Everything that God gave to Israel because they were his wife. They were in alignment with him. So they got his commands and they got his presence, his blessings. Amen. Now, they leave Mount Sinai and they go over to the promised land. And when they get in the promised land, this is an ongoing love affair between God and his people. And it should be getting better and better and better. Amen? But when they get in the land, there are some false gods in the land that are out to steal the wife of Yahweh. And they're called Baals. And so the people in that land of promise tell the people of God, those that are married to God, they say, hey, if you want a big crop, then you need to worship the Baals because the Baals is the God of reproductivity. He's the God of the harvest. And so Israel looks at their neighbors and their neighbors are worshiping these false gods. Hello. And they look over there in some years, they don't have as big a harvest as the people who are serving the Baals have. 
And so they start thinking, you know what? To have a real big harvest, I need to start worshiping the bells, the false gods. Hello, somebody. Are you hearing me now? Now, when you talk about Baal worship, you are talking about this false deity that's trying to steal the life of Yahweh away from God, from Him. Do you understand what I'm trying to get across to you right now? And because they say, well, look at this guy. He doesn't serve the God of the Bible, but he's, you know, Baal. Yeah, look, look at the harvest he's getting. Look at the blessing. Well, look at the blessing he's got, you know. He don't serve God, but look at the blessing he's got. And so there's a temptation for Israel to join harlots. To be harlots and to join these false bells. Okay, you with me still? Hello, Jesus. Help me God tonight. The problem with the bell worship is that they practice a kind of love. But it's not a biblical kind of love. Now, I'm going to tell you, I came to have church tonight. You can sit there and look at me like you're demon-possessed if you want to. And I know you're listening, but I came to have a move of God, and I'm not letting anything shut it down. These bells, when these Israelites married to God, when they went after those bells, what they did was they got involved relationship-wise with demons. The bells taught that he was the God of reproduction, okay, and the God of fertility. And so if you worshipped him, you'd have a big harvest. But they taught that Baal died every year and that he had to be waked up kind of goes back to Elijah Sunday night we're talking about Elijah you know it's like won't you go wake him up maybe he's died before his time maybe you need to get him up out of the grave you know resurrect him but watch this in order to get Baal up every year on time so they would have a harvest. They had what was called temple prostitutes and temple priests. Now the temple priests were homosexuals. And the temple prostitutes, are you with me here, were harlots. And they would get together in a immoral type of love. Immorality. Because they believed that if you could put in the womb of a woman seed in the womb of a woman that that would wake up Baal and Baal would bring forth a harvest. Now the thing about Baal is this. If you worship Baal there are no commandments that you have to obey. It's this cheap kind of love that the that people in the church and people in the world are promoting. It's a cheap love. It's not a biblical love. And it's for sure not God's kind of love. It is a mixture. Where we can worship Baal. And he don't have no commandments to abide by. So if you worship Baal. You enter into a love that is a license for sin. You have been granted a license to sin and to live exactly how you want to live if you worship Baal. But God's kind of love says, I brought you out of Egypt. I wooed you. I allured you. 
Then I took you on a, on a date. And then I married you at Mount Sinai. And then I gave you Ten Commandments and how to walk in love with me and how to walk in love with each other. And then I gave you the presence of the wedding, Deuteronomy 28. Oh, yeah. And so he leaves Sinai and they're on a honeymoon until they get to the Canaan land. And then they're surrounded by these bells. No commandments. No word to follow. Just this loose kind of love that's preached from the pulpits of America. Give God some praise. Most preachers, when they stand behind the pulpit and preach love, they are not preaching the biblical love of the Bible. They are preaching some phileo type of thing or some arrows type of thing or some bell type of love. That's what they're preaching. There is no word in it. There's no truth in it. And because of that, okay, because of Israel going in and being seduced by these other lovers. And they're practicing all this free love. There is venereal disease rampant. In fact, the bones of children that have been found in Canaan have been found to be just full of all kinds of venereal disease. Even the children and men and women who practiced in those, those systems of prostitution, of bell worship, were full of venereal disease so that God had to kill them. When Israel came into the promised land, God had to use them to kill the Canaanites because if God didn't use them to kill the Canaanites, there would be no you and I because venereal disease would have taken over the world. And that's what happens when you walk in a false kind of love that's not a God kind of love that has the Word of God in it and loyalty and faithfulness and commitment involved to the Word of God. It's just this free thing. You do whatever you want to do, whenever you want to do it, however you want to do it. And because of that, we have the sickness that was in the Canaanites. We have it in our land. Now, if you don't have a relationship right with God, then you've got disaster in the streets. And that's what happened to Israel. You read the prophet Hosea. There's disaster in the streets. People are murdering each other. They are robbing each other. They are raping each other. Are you with me? Because it's not the biblical kind of love. The reason why there's so much tragedy and disaster in the world today and murder and robbery is because the right kind of love is not preached. It's the bell kind of love that's preached where there is no commandment, no word of God that tells you how to walk in that love. But I love him, Pastor. But I love her, Pastor. Do you have a right biblically to marry them? That's what you got to ask. It's not some kind of, you know, good feeling or not. It don't make no difference, man. My dog can have a good feeling. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, now I'm preaching on love. And I'm not, you know... <laughs> And this is what's happened. God's precious wife has been seduced by Baal. 
And I'm not just talking about Israel at all. I'm talking about a New Testament church. The church of Jesus Christ has been seduced by Baal. That's why there's so much immorality in the church and adultery in the church and divorce in the church because they don't preach anything to people. Because they want everybody to think that love is without commandment and it's without the Word of God. And they say, well, God is a God of love and He won't judge anybody. Are you kidding me? God is a God of love and He will judge people. God is a God of love, but yet God gets angry at times. It's such a loose gospel now that all roads get you to God. According to some, not according to the Word. And so that's, and then ultimately we go from, we go into the book of Judges. And we talk, we've been preaching the book of Judges to you. And we showed you that time after time after time, God's people play the harlot. And then I preached you Sunday night about, you know, Elijah the prophet and Jezebel and Ahab. You know what I'm saying? Whew, hello, somebody. But before Jezebel and Ahab, there was a king named Solomon who built a temple on the Mount of Olives, a temple to Baal. And later in life, he did repent, but it was too late. Are you here right now? After Solomon dies, then we have Jeroboam and Rehoboam come on the scene. And Jeroboam sets up a false worship system. He puts the, the, uh, the golden calves, one in Bethel and one in Dan at the top, one in the far north and one in the far south, so that people don't have to go to Judah to worship God. Are you with me right now? And they're saying, this be your God. These are your gods. This calf of strength and power. This is Yahweh. But it's not Yahweh, Jeroboam. You're compromising with the paganism. We get from Jeroboam, Rehoboam's time, we get to Jezebel and Ahab. Jezebel comes from Zidon. She's a priestess of Baal. She comes over and she marries Ahab, a king of Israel. Woo. She's got a spirit, a demonic spirit in her. Woo, God's good. She sends for evangelists for Baal. She sends for prophets for Baal, to preach Baal, come on, to evangelize for Baal, so that the people of God have been seduced away from their husband. Are you with me? And Ahab, who's the husband of Jezebel, he is such a wimp. of God he's a wimp and so Jezebel tells him to do something and he says yes ma'am Jezebel yes Jezebel yes he just said yes man to Jezebel yes man yes man to Jezebel yes Jezebel yes Jezebel what, what, what else would you like me to do Jezebel how far would you like me to jump Jezebel he's a spineless wimp of a man he's not even a man he lets Jezebel dictate and control him so we got both of these crazy nuts, you know. Ahab, the king of Israel, married this Jezebel, uh, who's now going to be the queen of Israel, all right? And it's horrible. 850 prophets combined of Baal and Asherah that, that are in the land of Israel. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
And so we, we keep going, we flow ultimately to the prophet Hosea. And that is what's going here on here in Hosea. When you study the Bible, you got to find the scripture and you got to find out how that scripture fits in the chapter. Then you got to find out how the chapter fits in the book. Then you got to find out how the book fits in the Bible. And Hosea is here to show you the awesome, he said, God kind of love. It's a love that won't quit. It's a love that won't give up. It's a love that won't let go. That even though Israel has played the harlot, God said, I won't let you go. Woo. First John says, we have known his love and we believe his love. We know about his love, but how many of y'all believe that he loves? I'm going to show you how much he loves. So we look at first Hosea 1. I won't keep you long because I know you're worried about getting home. Hosea 1, the word of the Lord that came into Hosea. Salvation. The son of Beri, in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel. That's the one who set up the golden calves in Bethel and Dan. Are you with me? The beginning of the word of the Lord by, by Hosea, or literally in Hosea. Hosea is carrying the word of God inside of him. So it's not just going to be by Hosea. It's going to be the word of God in Hosea. And because it's in Hosea, then, then Hosea is going to give it to the people. Hallelujah. See, I know the enemy don't want me to preach this tonight. See, God's prophet, Hosea, was literally an attorney that represented God against the people because they had broken his covenant of love. And he's carrying the word of God inside of him. He's going to declare it to the people. Now, what does he tell them? Watch this. What's going to happen? Yeah. He said the beginning of the word of the Lord by or in Hosea. And the Lord said to Hosea, Go take unto thee a wife of whoredoms. A wife of whoredoms. I want you to marry a woman of whoredoms and children of whoredoms. For the land hath committed great whoredom, departing from the Lord. They've been unfaithful to his love. Are you with me here? They have not been loyal to him. So he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Dibliam, which conceived and bare him a son. And the Lord said unto him, Call his name Jezreel. You with me? So Gomer has a son named Jezreel, and Jezreel means sown. What God is telling Israel here is that there's going to be a judgment. You're going to reap what you have sown. In the first chapter, it's judgment. In the second chapter, Jezreel is connected with blessing. Okay? So here we go. Got a little son named Jezreel running around now, which means son of God. For yet a little while, I will avenge the blood of Jezreel upon the house of Jehu and will cause to cease the kingdom of the house of Israel. That's where, you know, that this place we call Jezreel here in, in Jehu, that's connected with the destruction of Jezebel. Okay? Now, I'm, I don't have time to get into all this with you, but watch this. And it shall come to pass at that day that I will break the bow of Israel in the valley of Jezreel. 
Now, she conceives again, and she has a little girl, and the little girl's name is Loruhamah, which means not having obtained hesed. Not having obtained, not having obtained, not having obtained hesed or mercy or literally love. Are you here? All right, here we go. I'm going to show it to you, prove it to you. Okay. Verse 9, then said God, call his name. No, no, no. Lo Ruchamah. Verse, verse 7. But I will have, okay, verse 6. She conceived again and bare a daughter. God said unto him, call her name. Lo Ruchamah. For I will no more have mercy upon the house of Israel. Say no love. Say no mercy. But I will utterly take them away. But he says, but I will have mercy upon the house of Judah and will save them by the Lord their God and will not save them by bow nor by sword nor by battle, but horses, by horses nor by horsemen. Now when she had weaned lo ruchamah, which means no love, are you with me? No mercy, no hesed, no love. She conceived and bare a son. Then said God, call his name lo am I, which means not my people. So we've got, some, we got uh, two sons and a daughter here. Jezreel, sown. Judgment's about to come. Are you with me? Lo Ruhamah, a place where there's no love. And lo am I, you're not my people anymore. Now watch. Then, now watch. Ooh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But then he says, yet. <laughs> Can you get that? <laughs> After all that they've done and how they treated God and gone and played the harlot with false gods, he says, yet, in the place where your love is cold towards me, he says, yet, in the place where there is no love, he said, yet. See, I'm God, and I, I love you. You are my wife, and I don't, even if you betrayed me and turned your back on me, and you backslid away from me, come on, and your love is going cold towards me. He said, yet. Yet. This kind of love is the kind of love that I know, but see, I've got to get to a place that I believe it. It's a love that I don't deserve. He goes on. Oh, yeah. He says, yet... The number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea. He said, you don't deserve it. You're not worthy of it. See, you can't walk around and say, well, I deserve everything God has given me. I deserve everything God has done for me. I got news for you. You don't deserve what God's done for you. I don't deserve what God has done for me. Yet... It's His love. His faithfulness. The love that says, I won't quit. The love that says, I can't let go. That kind of love. Doesn't matter if they've turned and gone away from me. Yet I still love them. Doesn't matter if their love's gone cold. I still love them. Yeah. 
See, all you can do is love God back. That's all you can do. Just walk around and say, thank you, Lord. When I was in the in over there and I was, we saw the passion of the Christ, I sat there and I cried my eyes out as I saw the depiction of what he went through. And as I was crying, you know, all that I could say was this. Thank you, Lord, for what you did for me. I don't deserve it, but thank you, Lord. And it was motivated by your hesed, your love for me. I said, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you did for me. I don't deserve it, God. Your love did that. Your love did that. Your love brought that. Hallelujah. The other thing I thought to myself is they'll never do that to him again. But the chief feeling that I had was, thank you, Lord, for what you've done. I don't deserve that kind of love. I can't say I merit your blessing. I can't say I merit that kind of love. I can't say that I'm worthy of it. All I can say is, I love you, Lord, back, and I thank you for it. And see if you, it, some people go in there, and, and I know this emotion, and it's, it's okay, I, I guess, to have this emotion. They want to rescue him. Instead of sitting there saying, thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for me. Or thinking they'll never do that to him again. They want to be heroes and bust on the scene and take him out of the hands of the Romans and, and out of the hands of the people. Are you with me? And rescue him. But I got news for you. You couldn't rescue him. Because it wasn't the Romans that killed him. And it wasn't Israel that killed him. You know who killed him? God killed him. You can rescue him from God because God's love for you sent his son to die for you. And only by his death could you be saved. Not because you're worthy. Not because you deserve it. Not because you merit it. Because God so loved you, he was willing to die for you. The Romans and the people of Israel were just tools in the hand of God, fulfilling God's will. But it was God that killed him. You know why God killed him? God killed him because of his love for you. While you were yet sinners, Christ died for you. He loved you before you ever became a saint in his church. He started wooing you, drawing you, alluring you while you were in Egypt. Before you ever knew him. And then he courted you. He dated you. And then he married you at the cross. Uh, uh, he, uh, he died for you at the cross and made the marriage possible at Pentecost when you got filled with the Holy Ghost. But now he wants you to be intimate with him because he loves you tonight. I couldn't run in there and rescue him. No man could rescue him because God killed him. I'm going to show you, and I'm going to, Isaiah 53. What awesome love of God. We know it, but do we believe it? 
We walk in this life trying to get God's favor. Working so hard. Maybe we'll get enough points. Maybe we'll put in enough time to get God's favor. Friend, I want you to know, Hesed is his favor. Hesed, he is love. He don't have love. He is love. God is favor. Are you with me? God. And because I'm in, in a relationship with him, a relationship with him, and I have chosen to be aligned with him, I will walk and fulfill and obey his word. Isaiah 53, he said this in verse 5. Oh, yeah. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon his head. Was upon him with his stripes. We are healed. But who did it to him? Verse 4, surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet he did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. It was God that smote him. It was God that laid the straps upon his own beloved son because he loved you that much. And he goes on down and he says, verse 10, yet... Yet, yet, you want me not to have passion about a God like this? Yet, there ain't no way I'm going to cool down my love. I'm not going to let my love get cold yet. I can't let it happen to me what happened to Israel. I can't be like the church in Ephesus. You lost your first love. You just go through the motions. You know what I'm, you're just, you're just passing time now. But there's something that's missing in your life. You don't love him like you're supposed to love him. You've lost your passion for him. But he said, yet, it pleased the Lord. It pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. Who? God put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong the days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Give God praise. Israel, you got venereal disease. Israel, there's murder in the streets. Israel, there's disaster everywhere. Israel, there's robbery everywhere. Because when you serve Baal's false kind of love, there is no word that you follow, no commandment. It's a license for God. Oh, you got the hip. It's a license for immorality. But the God kind of love, the, the love that saved your soul, is a love that'll cause you to want to live for Him. So God said in verse 10 of Hosea 1, he said, yet, yet, yet the number, oh God, of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured nor numbered, and it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, you are not my people, there it shall be said unto them, you are the sons 
of the living God so that Peter picks up his pen and he writes to the Gentile church and he applies the prophecy of Hosea to the church of the living God. Are you with me right now? Of people who were not his people, now you are the people of God. Of people who were low ruhamah, of people unloved, have become loved. The unlovable loved. And ultimately to Israel, of course, based on the cross. He said this, Israel going to pass it in place where we said to them, you're not my people. There shall be said to them, you're the sons of the living God. What an awesome God that is. There was a time when he didn't know me. I didn't know him. First John 3, 1 says, behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. The word manner of love means foreign love. What foreign love God has bestowed on us. It's like going out here and find a banana tree in West Texas. It's out of place. It doesn't fit in this world. Are you hearing me? It's a foreign kind of love. Romans 5 says this. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. The word shed abroad in our hearts literally means like a Niagara fall. He's... Right now, I know it's love, but you know what? The problem is I don't believe it. But you know what I'm telling you? The Bible said his love is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Right now, he's pouring out his love like a Niagara fall on top of me right now. And here I am, I say, I love you, God. And I take my little water pistol, and I squirt it back up to God. There's no comparison with a water pistol in comparison to a Niagara Falls that's fallen on me tonight. The love of God is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. It's a foreign kind of love. What manner of love? He said, then shall the children of Judah and the children of Israel be gathered together and appoint themselves one head. And they shall come up out of the land, for great shall be the day of Jezreel. He said, there's coming a time in the place of judgment. There's going to be a time, there's going to be a sowing in the field and an abundant harvest. He said, it's going to be without number. And it's all based on the hesed, the love of God. Are you with me right now? Now, I want to just back up here just a little bit and talk to you about Hosea. He says, Hosea, you go marry a woman of whoredoms, a harlotry. He marries her. They have the first son, Jezreel. At some point, she gets allured away like Israel got allured away from their God. She walks over to be a true type of the Lord and Israel and the way Israel is playing the harlot I believe that Gomer literally left Hosea the prophet and she went to the temples of Baal and became a prostitute in the temple of Baal now in case you don't know what the temple of Baal is like you know what it is it's nothing more than an adult bookstore it's an adult bookstore with prostitutes there at the bookstore with homosexuals there at the bookstore. And there I believe she went. She joined herself with idols. She went after other lovers. Just like Israel did. And just like the church has done. That's why God called the church in Revelation 17. He called the church the mother of harlots. So what's true of Israel has become true of the church. 
And at first, the scripture tells us in Hosea that Gomer, they loved her. You're something else, Gomer. You're beautiful. You're special. And those false gods and those false temples poured out presence on her of abundance. But after a while, she lost her beauty. She got older. And so now what they did with her is they took her, her lovers, and they threw her out. They set her aside as unwanted. Unwanted and unloved. Are you here? I don't believe all the children that she had were children of, Go of Hosea. I believe she had children of Hordens. The Bible says she did. She had some children by, Ho by Hosea. And I believe while she's in that, oh, there being a prostitute in the temples of Baal, that she had other children. Are you with me here? But she's a type of the Lord of the church in those days and the relationship that she Israel had with the Lord. She walks out of there unwanted and unloved. Come on, somebody. The world will do that to you. If a person turns their back on the love of God and they go and play the harlot, they start having relationships with demons. They don't realize it, but they've got relationships with demons. Even their countenance changes. Their whole demeanor changes because there's demons they've been in bed with. And pretty soon, when the devil gets through with them, you see, at the first, it's always like this. At the first, we're happy. You're happy. You turned your back on God. You walked away from the love of God. And for a while, the devil tries to make you as happy and, and make you try to feel free. You're free. You're a free man now, you know. Hallelujah. You with me? Free woman now. And for a while, seems like it's going to be okay. But with time, your lovers turned their back on you. With time, all that stuff they was pouring out on you, they stopped doing that. And they leave you unwanted and unloved in this world. And those demon powers are tormenting that person's mind and their spirits because they committed adultery and fornication against their God by departing from the living God. So she walks away from the temple, unwanted and unloved. And then God tells Hosea in chapter 3, he says in verse 1, Then said the Lord unto me, Go yet love a woman beloved of her friend. Yet an adulteress according to the according to what? To the love of the Lord. They, according to the love of the Lord, it says, toward the children of Israel who took to other gods and loved flagons of wine. So I bought her to me for fifteen pieces of silver. He said, this is the kind of love that I'm talking about. A love that won't let go. I'm talking about God kind of love. I'm not talking about human love. I'm not talking about man love. I'm not talking about fondness. I'm not talking about feeling. I'm talking about action. I'm talking about when somebody doesn't deserve it. When somebody's nothing. When the world looks at them and says, you're nothing but trash. Gomer, you're nothing but trash. You're nothing but a prostitute. You're no good. You're not worthy. But God's kind of love says, go love a woman. God, did I hear you right? Did you tell Hosea 
to go love a woman according to the love of God? And so, excuse me, so Gomer or Hosea walks over there. He goes from one house to another house. Have you seen Gomer? Uh, I've heard that she uh, was a, 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 a woman in this house. Is she still here? No, we kicked her out. She was unwanted and unloved. Maybe you might go check over there, Jose, and see if she's over there somewhere. And so Jose goes to the next house of ill repute, if you will. He gets there. No, no, no. We cast her out a long time ago. And so he goes from one place to another place, one person to another place, asking, have you seen a woman by the name of Gomer? Why would you even want to find her, Hosea? She's nothing but trash. She's nothing but a prostitute to bail. He keeps on going. It's love that won't quit. It's love that won't let go. He keeps going, and he walks up there, and he sees. She had been, of course, you know, sold from one slave auction to another. This master got her and said, well, I'm through with you, and he sold her to somebody else, and then they sold her to somebody else, and then they sold her to somebody else. And here comes Hosea. He's standing out in the crowd where the Lord is who stands among you this night there's Hosea Gomer this woman of prostitution this, this trash in the eyes of the world comes forth steps up she steps up. She has no clothes upon her body because that's the way you would sell a female slave. And the master begins to take bids for her. How many will give me this for her? There's no takers that day. She's unwanted and unloved. Hosea lifts his hand. Said, I'll give 15 pieces of silver for her right now. And I'll give, her, I'll give some barley for her right now, which is the equivalent when you put the two together of about 30 pieces of silver. He said, I want her. What are you talking about, Hosea? You're a prophet in the nation, and you want a harlot like that? You want somebody like that? Don't you know where she's been? Don't you know who she is? Yeah, I know, but I'll buy her right now. I'll pay the price right now. And he walked up there and laid 15 pieces of silver and the barley in the hands of the master. And then he takes Gomer. Come here, Christina. I need you. The Lord's telling me to. Come here, Christina. He grabs Gomer. He walks up there. He puts his arm around her. He says, in the place of your shame, I give you dignity. In the place of your feeling unwanted, he said, I want you. He said, in the place of you feeling unloved, he said, I love you. And he carries her back to his house. He walks back into her house with Hosea's arm around her. That's the kind of love that God's talking about that he has for us. I don't deserve it. I'm unworthy. 
Nobody wanted me. But one day Jesus walked up and he said, I want her. I'll pay the price. I'll go to the cross and I'll demonstrate how much I love her. I know she doesn't deserve it. I know where she's been. I know what she's done. And I know how she's turned her back. Yet! Yet! In verse 14 of chapter 2, the Lord says this about her. Therefore, behold, I will allure her. He said in the place where she's called Lo Ruchamah, no love in the house. That's exactly what Hosea felt when he went home. Before he got restored her. He walked into a house one day and love had grown cold. He walked into a house one day, and Gomer's gone, and he's got children he's got to cook for. He tries to cook a cake. He burns it on one side, and it's raw on the other. He said it's a, bake ha a cake half turn. He learned that when he was trying to raise his children without his wife. Hosea knew the pain of somebody walking out on his love. But he said, God said, go get her again. I'm not going to let her go. And so he buys her back. And God said in chapter 2, verse 14, Therefore, behold, I will allure her. I'm going to do the same thing I did before. He said, Jeremiah said he gave her a bill of divorcement. He divorced her. He said, but there's going to be a new marriage that's going to take place. There's going to be a new covenant that's going to be brought in. Therefore, behold, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness, the place of my honeymoon. After I have married her at Sinai, and went into the wilderness, the place of my honeymoon. He said, I'm going to remarry her again. I'm going to take her into the wilderness, the place of my honeymoon. And she's going to sing again, just like days of old, when she used to sing and celebrate, when she walked with me. He said, I'm going to bring her back to a place where she's going to celebrate, and she's going to sing again. I'm going to take her on another honeymoon. All because of said love. He said, when I get her into the wilderness, he said, I'm going to speak comfortably to her. I will give her her vineyards from thence, the valley of acre for a door of hope, the valley of trouble for a door of hope. And she shall sing there as in the days of her youth. Look at your neighbor and say, you can sing again. You know what God's love is? He takes you by the hand and he said, let's dance. He's not this old, old man that some people want you to see. He's a God that'll take you by the hand and dance with you on the honeymoon. Some of y'all say, well, pastor, you don't know. I really have tried so hard 
and I had failed so much. And so you walk around defeated and discouraged, not knowing God said, come on, let's go back to the honeymoon. Let's sing again. Let's dance again. And the place of all your trouble, when you went away from me, you got in a lot of trouble. He said, but in the place of your trouble, he said, I'm going to give you in the place, in the valley of Achor, the, the door of hope, the valley of trouble, the door of hope. He said, that trouble is going to turn into hope for you. This is what Hesed does, what love does. And as in the days when she came up out of the land of Egypt, he's going to do it again. It shall be at that day, saith the Lord, that thou shalt call me Ishai, and shalt call me no more Bali. You're not going to call me master anymore. You're going to call me husband again. For I will take away the names of Balaam out of her mouth, and they shall no more be remembered by their name. And in that day will I make a covenant for them with the beasts of the field. It's even going to affect the world. This kind of love is going to affect the world. It's going to affect nations. It's going to affect wild beasts. It's so awesome, but it's so lightly taken. said, I'll make a covenant with them with the beasts of the field and with the fowls of heaven and with creeping things of the ground. I will break the bow and the sword and the bat battle out of the earth and will make them to lie down safely. I will betroth thee unto me forever. Yea, I will betroth thee unto me in righteousness and in judgment and in loving kindness and in mercies. Same word, my love. He said, this my love is going to produce all this. He said, I will even betroth thee unto me in faithfulness. Again, the love of God. And thou shalt know the Lord. Know the Lord. You're not just going to have a knowledge about him. You're going to know him. And the word know means intimate. You're going to enter into an intimate relationship with him where you don't just know facts about him. Let me explain to you something about feeling. Feelings are facts mixed with emotion. That's what a feeling is. When you get facts, your emotions get excited about the facts, and you have a feeling. The problem is, is that we haven't taken our feelings, once we get the facts, far enough so that it's actually changed our life. But Jesus said, God says this. He said, you're going to know me intimately. And it shall come to pass in that day, I will hear, saith the Lord, I will hear the heavens, and they shall hear the earth. He said that kind of love is going to shake the heavens, and it's going to shake the earth. And the earth shall hear the corn, and the wine, and the oil, and they shall hear Jezreel. They're going to hear now, instead of having a judgment that's due them, now they're going to hear Jezreel. They're going to hear the sowing. They're going to hear the harvest. It's going to affect the earth. It's going to affect, affect the heavens. No, we don't deserve what God has done for us. No, we don't deserve what God's going to do for us. But when you, come on, when you get into a relationship with this lover, because you are loved, you're a lover. And because you have favor, 
You show favor. It's the only way you can love your brother. Because you are loved. You are a lover because you, listen, you've been showed favor. You show favor. That's it, man. That's it. There's going to be a harvest. We don't deserve it. It's because he died for it. Now will sow her unto me in the earth. I will have mercy, yes, it, upon her that had not obtained mercy. And I will say to them which were not my people, thou art my people, and they, they shall say, thou art my God. When you talk about God's love, this is what you're talking about. You're talking about unwanted people becoming wanted. You're talking about unlovable people being loved. You're talking about undeserved people finding God showering like a Niagara fall. Love upon undeserving, unfaithful people shed abroad in their hearts by the Holy Ghost. Such a rare love. What manner of love the Father hath bestowed on us that we should be called the sons of God. It's foreign. And so when I love somebody with that kind of love, I love them with a sacrificial love, I love them with a consideration. I look at my brother differently. If they sin against me, I look at them and I say this. They sinned against me, but ultimately they've sinned against God. And just like God paid the price for their sin on the cross, He paid, just like He paid my, for my sin, He paid for their sin. Just like He paid for my sin, He paid for your sin. And so I look at you that way, with that kind of love. And that's the kind of love that we're supposed to operate in. It is not a license. It's not bail. It is a love that is committed and loyal and dedicated to Him. It's married kind of love. Not feeling, but action. There's going to be times when you don't feel like praying. There's going to be times when you don't feel like going to church. There's going to be times you don't feel like living for God anymore. But it's not a feeling. It's a choice. I took myself out of this world. I aligned myself with God. I choose Him today. I choose to walk with Him. I choose to serve Him. I choose to obey Him. I choose to live for Him. I love Him back. I know His love. But now I need to believe it. Because if I don't believe it, I walk around all the time in condemnation. All the time. I'm not worthy of that blessing, Lord. That's right, you're not. But love provided it. Love provided it.
Thank you, Jesus. Tonight I talked about God's love towards you. I'm going to continue next week, the Lord willing. I'm going to talk about how you express that. How do you live in that kind of love? But he loves you tonight, and you need to understand that. He loves me tonight. And it's the most free message you'll ever hear. It's not license, but it's the other side of the story that we need to hear. Lift your hands and let the Niagara, let the Niagara of God just come upon you. Hallelujah. I don't care what you've done tonight as long as you haven't blasphemed the Holy Ghost. And you wouldn't be here tonight if you blasphemed the Holy Ghost. So this message for everybody here tonight. And I don't care how unfaithful you've been. I don't care what you've done in your life. Jesus loves you. And he's standing there and he said, I'll pay the price. I paid the price for that one. And if you'll just lift your hand, the love of God is going to just fall on you. Thank you for loving us, Lord. Brother Andy, give me some music, please. He's able to restore that relationship. He's able to take you back in the honeymoon. There has been prophetic words that have gone to people in this church that you will sing again. And it's coming to pass. God said you would. And now you're doing it. You don't deserve it. You're not worthy of it. All you do is lift your hands and say, Thank you, Jesus, for loving me when I was unlovable. I want some of you women right now that, that feel the love of God in your life, I want you to go lay hands. I want you to pray for Sylvia, June's mother right now. She's reaching up to God. I want you to go pray for her. God is able to restore her. Sylvia, go ahead. Lift your hands if you've got the strength. Lift your hands. Thank you, Jesus. The rest of you, just, just thank God tonight for his awesome love. Lord, you said you'd be here tonight. I felt your love here tonight, Jesus. Not just a trickle, not just a little bit of your love, but a mighty flow, an awesome fall. Show me your way, Lord. Show me, show me, Lord. God, I want to love my brother, my sister. I want to consider them. In the light of the cross, I want to see them. Blessed be the name of the Lord God.
you know it? Do you believe it? Praise God, praise God, praise God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Your love is impacting my heart tonight, God. He's impacting my life tonight, God. Thank you, Jesus, for the cross. Jesus, bless your name, Lord, bless your name, Lord, bless your name, Lord. Don't let anything come between you and your God and his love for you. Jesus. You told Moses to cause your goodness to pass before you. Loving kindness. Mercy. Mercy showed. Mercy has said love showed to us. Praise God. God, I'm going to be passionate about you. I will be passionate about you. Passionately in love. Passionately showing you. Passion. I bless your name tonight, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. This love we're talking about is a, is a faithful love, a committed love, a loyal love, an obedient love to His Word. Lord, we can't do it on our own, but we commit ourselves, Lord, to Your awesome love flow upon us right now and flow through us right now and let us carry it in us. Let us carry it in us, God. That when people come to this church, Lord, they experience the love of God. They don't sense division and bitterness and fighting. soon as they walk in here, Lord, the love of God will come upon them in the name of Jesus. Yes. Hallelujah.
Oh, Lord God, I don't, I don't deserve it, Lord. I don't deserve your blessing. But you put within, God, this covenant. Awesome, awesome blessing in presence. Dear Heavenly Bride, thank you for the cross, Jesus. I bless your name. You've never let us down, God. Never. Last thing I'm going to share with you and I'm going to let you go is that Jesus walked up to a leper. And the leper just could not believe that Jesus wanted to make him whole. And Jesus in the scripture literally got angry. At the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he was angry. At the end of his ministry, he was angry. It's hard to, it's hard to separate the anger of God and the compassion of God. They go together. He's angry at everything that's sin and everything that's related to the fall. That leper didn't think that God cared enough to heal him. And literally, Jesus responded to him in this way. I'll dare you. Question my care. I dare you. And he did it in an anger. It drove him to have compassion on the lip to heal him. He stands before you tonight and says, I dare you doubt me. I dare you doubt. I dare you doubt my care. I dare you doubt my love. And he says it with anger. And from that most compassion, that's the kind of love I'm talking about. You see somebody passionate, that's passionate and angry enough against sin that they'll preach against it. You found great love in that person. You found great compassion in them because from anger flows compassion. And we're not talking about the way the world looks at it. We're talking about the way God looks at it. He was angry. He hates anything that will separate you from him. He hates sin. He hates it. He's angry with it. But from that flows compassion. He's awesome. Let's stand. Father God, I really don't know what's going on here tonight. I have preached your word to your people, but I feel something here tonight I don't know really what it's all about God you do father and into your hands we put the whole thing mm -hmm. I believe I just heard from God some of you doubt the father's love in this way you look at the blessings of other people and because they're blessed and you don't seem to be blessed in the present moment, you think that the Father loves them more than He loves you. He doesn't love anybody more than He loves you. He loves you just as equally as He loves me. He loves me just as equally as He loves you. And just because you don't see yourself walking in the blessing of God, you've got to be careful that you don't get jealous. Because if, you, if you're not careful, what you'll do is you'll kill Joseph. Because Joseph's got the blessing. 
Joseph's got the coat. And because you didn't get the coat, you think daddy loved Joseph more than he loves you. And because of that, you'll kill your brother. That's why God said, love your brother, which means you have to open yourself up and stop walking and trying to protect number one. Rejoice with those that do rejoice. Weep with those that weep. If you don't, you will hate your brother. You will kill him because it's all about number one. And you doubt the love of your father for you. You've got to be careful that that spirit doesn't get you. And I sense in my spirit, the Lord told me there's some of that going on in this house right now, in this place. Some of you would kill your brother because you think God loves them more than he loves you and you're jealous. We are missing it, man. Rejoice with those that do rejoice. If your brother's blessed, you get over there and you celebrate with them. God said this. He said, when I, my love is demonstrated and my blessings flow out to my people, he said, the earth is going to rejoice. He said, he said, I'll call to the heavens. The heavens are going to rejoice. That's why God can't bless some of us. We've got a jealous spirit about us. We can't rejoice in the blessings of God upon our brother and sister because it's all about number one. Your day's coming. Your day's coming. Your day of blessing is coming. And would you like to get the same kind of response that you give other people when they're blessed? Cold, jealous, Brother hating spirit. That's what's in this house right now. I want you to lift your hands. And I want you to repent of that, that envy. That spirit of envy. Envy and jealousy. Lord God, tonight if there be any envy or jealousy in me tonight. I repent of that. That's a brother killing. That's a brother hating spirit. In the name of Jesus. And it doesn't belong in your house, God. It doesn't belong in your house. Rejoice with those that rejoice. And get rid of that brother-hating spirit. That brother-killing spirit. Get rid of it. If you don't, you will stumble. It will be an occasion of stumbling in you. It'll, it'll be an offense to you. It will be a trap. It'll trigger the trap. It'll catch you in the trap. Hold you bound in life. Get rid of that in the name of Jesus. See the love of God. Praise God. Praise God. Come on, somebody. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Some of you drove up to church. Before you ever got out of church, you got a jealous envy spirit come up on you. Brother killing, sister killing spirit got on you before you ever walked into church tonight. God is love. He said, love your brother. Go to your brother, brother, and love him. Right now, give him a hug in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Don't be so locked in, concealed, you know, into yourself, man. Come on, get out of that shell. Come on, get out of there. Get out of there. 
Be transparent. Walk in the light. Be transparent. Open up. Open up. Lord have mercy. This is the church of the living God. The, the beloved. You are the beloved of God. Don't doubt him. Don't doubt his care. Don't doubt his love. Don't doubt his compassion. Hallelujah. Somebody succeeds in something, man, you need to get excited about that. They're not going to steal your thunder. Hallelujah. Jesus is the one that's on. He's on display tonight. He's the one that's. It's, it's his show, man. It's his show. It's his show. Anybody that loves that way. It's his show, man. It's his platform. He's the one that gets the glory. He's the one that gets the praise. He's the one that gets the honor. He's the one that gets the love. He's the one that gets the power. You can't love a God like that. He's awesome. Oh, yeah. God's going God's gonna to test this whole church. He's going to test this whole church to see if you can handle somebody else's blessing. I said to see if you can handle somebody else's blessing. Not to see if you can handle your blessing. To see if you can handle somebody else's blessing. Or if you're a brother killing, brother hating. I'm telling you, I know the Holy Ghost spoke me clear as day. Some, some of you walked into church. Before you ever walked through the door, you were already human. And we wonder why we can't praise. And we what? We wonder why. That one leopard that got healed, you know what he did? He went back. Ten lepers got healed. Ten of them. Ten of them got healed. Ten of them got healed. And only one out of ten went back to praise the Lord. Only one of them. Only one was thankful for what God did for us. You know what? Sometimes we're unthankful. God's done so much for us, but only one out of ten are going to come and say, Thank you, Jesus, for what you did for me. And the Bible said that man was made whole. The others were healed, but he was made whole. I'm going to be the one leopard that goes back and says, Thank you, God, for what you did to me. I'm not going to walk out and say, Well, no big deal. No big deal. What's the deal, man? No big deal. Are you funny tonight? Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. I'm going to praise his name. Each day, he's just the same. 
I'm going to praise him. I'm going to praise him. Look what the Lord has done. It's not about number one. Amen. He's good. I hope God blesses you and your wives so much that he just blows your socks off, man. I mean, like this river just hits you, your whole family. It's, it's so powerful that when it hits you, it's going to be so powerful, it's going to blow you out of your own house. I want him to. I want him just. I want him to just blow you away. I do. I do. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh yes. Amen. <laughs> I might not want to be your buddy or run with you, but I love you. <laughs> Some of you got a personality that's the serpent. The devil don't even want to hang around you, man. <laughs> but I'm still commanded to love you. And I know I'm, it's looking back at me too. <laughs> Hallelujah. I didn't ask you to like me. I didn't ask you to want to be my buddy. <laughs> Amen. God said love one another. Isn't he awesome? You are dismissed in Jesus' name. I need to meet with the, the bus people, please, for just a few moments. Hallelujah.